The Brendan O'Connor Show on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Expertise on vitamins and supplements to help build immunity at All Care Community Pharmacies across Ireland. So look, let's get up to speed with, with, um, with what's going on in Ukraine right now. And uh, we'll go first this morning to the beautiful storied city of, uh, of Odessa, a coastal city where local people are essentially uh, waiting for attack by sea and land. Not waiting, they're being a bit more proactive than that. But Channel 4 News, in, Channel 4 News' international editor, Lindsay Hilsom, is there. And I spoke to her just before we came on air and I asked her first, what is she seeing there today? What I have in front of me is a quite extraordinary scene. Let me describe it to you. I am at the Yacht Club. So think about it. Two weeks ago, if I'd come here on a Saturday, people would have been checking the weather. Maybe they'd have been checking the cooler for their white wine. But as it is, this has been turned into the place where they're going to make Odessa a fortress. I am watching several hundred people, men and women, filling sandbags from the beach and then passing them along down a line. And then those sandbags will be put to reinforce Odessa all around the city. And it's quite an amazing sight. They've got the Ukrainian flag flying over them. They're playing music. It's just the local radio. They were, they were just playing You're Beautiful. Uh, you know, it just is such an extraordinary scene when you think how, how ordinary this was two weeks ago and how extraordinary what I'm watching is today. Yeah. You just tweeted a picture, actually, of what should have been happening in Odessa this weekend. Yeah, that was a jazz and oyster festival. Because before we came here to the beach to watch the sandbag filling, we were in a place, it was like a food court. They had a huge Chinese dragon, Chinese New Year, not long ago. And that place has been turned into somewhere where people are collecting supplies to send to the territorial defense forces. Now, I was talking to quite a few of the volunteers there. There was a woman called Inga. She's a lawyer. She said that for the first two days she sat at home and didn't know what to do. And then she rang five girlfriends and said, we've got to do something. What shall we do? And they said, well, let's just start to collect supplies for, you know, for the army, for the volunteer army, which is reinforcing the regular army. And that was how this started. And I was talking to another guy there. and He said, well, to begin with, we were getting lots of donations from local people. But now in terms of money, it's quite difficult because people have no jobs. But they're also getting in lots of donations from the Ukrainian community and others across the world. So there is an incredible sense of of civic effort going on here in the port city of Odessa. Now, Lindsay, you were in Odessa, I know, in in 2014 as well. And and I think that back then people had a slightly different attitude to to the Russians, didn't they? Yeah, it was very interesting. So in 2014, that was when uh, President Putin ordered his forces to go and annex Crimea, which is not that far away, to basically turn part of the east of Ukraine into a into separatist enclave. And in that point, you know, Odessa is a place with a storied history, as you say, and a massive Russian tradition. And most people here speak Russian as the first language. And there were people here who definitely supported Russia at that point. I don't think there are any longer. Mm. I was talking to a woman last night. She was just sitting, eating peanuts on a park bench, can you believe it, in the freezing cold. And she said, you know, know, he said that he's come to protect us, that the Russians are coming to protect us. Protect us from what? We're absolutely fine here. We need no protection. And that is the prevailing feeling, not just in Odessa, but across Ukraine. 
Yeah. Now, Lindsay, I, I know that you're there on the spot, so I'm not sure how much you know about about what's going on more broadly. But can I ask you, um, how much do you know about the humanitarian corridors that are allegedly going on as we speak? But there seems to be a dispute over whether, certainly in Mariupol, whether the Russians have stopped shooting. Yeah, no, I think that there's um, different information about that. What I've seen is that the mayor of Mariupol, Mariupol is surrounded, that the mayor has um, requested a humanitarian corridor so that those who want to get out can get out and so that food and other supplies can get in. But it seems to me that there is, you know, I've heard different reports about whether that is actually working or not. And then there's the town called Kherson. Uh, which is also on the Black Sea around here, that seems to be the one town which has actually been properly taken by the Russians. So the Russians are in control there. Whereas everywhere else, it does seem that as yet, defences are holding out. You know, the Russians had underestimated the amount of resistance they were going to get all over the country. And that's why I think you have this feeling in Odessa that if everybody pulls together, maybe, just maybe, they can resist. And did I hear as well that in Kherson, uh, that even though the Russians have taken over, it's actually the local administration is running the town. So are we seeing that the Russians are, are even when they do take over, they have no appetite to, to run Ukraine or Ukrainian towns? Well, I'm not sure. You know, I couldn't say whether that was happening in Kherson because I'm not there. But what I could say is that it's one thing to take a city and it's quite another to hold it. If the Russians are having so much difficulty in taking cities, which they are, holding them will be pretty much impossible because they have absolutely zero support amongst the local population. And I think that what we do know is that the plan was to try and take Ukraine quickly. Well, that's every leader or general's plan, isn't it? A quick and victorious, and, uh, a quick and victorious war. And then to put in some kind of puppet government. But I think the part of the problem is that there are no available puppets. And that is extremely difficult. And at the moment, I think that the Russians are not succeeding in the way that they wanted to do. So, Lindsay, the, the impression I'm getting from you overall is that hope is very much still alive in Ukraine. Hope is still alive, but one should not underestimate the amount of destruction as well. Absolutely. When you look at what's happening in Kharkiv, when you look at what's happening in Kiev, the amount of death, you know, children being killed, buildings being destroyed, rubble everywhere. I mean, this is a desperate and terrible war. Even if it ended tomorrow, Ukraine would not be the same. You know, the Russians are taking losses as well. Several days ago, the Russians said that they had had almost 500 people, their soldiers, killed. That's a massive amount in just about a week or a week and a half of war. When you look back to Afghanistan, in a decade of war, they lost 13,000. So you just have to do the arithmetic. So yeah. I think that one of the important things to understand is that the cost of this war is being borne, obviously, mainly by Ukrainians, but also by Russians and by, the Russia, by Russians in Russia who are seeing their country just cut off from the international system completely. And in terms of bringing it to an end, that is also important. But here in Odessa, look, everything could go terribly wrong for these people. You could have an amphibious landing. You could have terrible artillery fire, as has happened in Kiev and Kharkiv. But at the moment, the people I've met are pretty determined that they're going to stay and resist. 
Lindsay Hilsom, International Editor of Channel 4 News, thank you so much for taking our call. You're welcome. So there you have it, and without wishing to romanticise it, the yet again, the indomitable human spirit of, of the Ukrainians in, as Lindsay said, this desperate and, and terrible war. And it's there in a nutshell how, how their lives are upended from a relative normality. A couple of weeks ago, they were thinking about the jazz festival, and now they're putting their beach into sandbags to, um, to protect themselves.